Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Carolyn is a 37-year-old who is concerned that she has menopausal symptoms. She feels like she's losing it. With everything that's been going on in her life, there's so many changes. She saw you nine months ago for her annual GYM visit and felt fine. There were no changes then, but now she has sleep disruption and a number of other subtle symptoms. Her menses have not changed at all. She asks you, how can this be? How can I be developing menopause at 37? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Associate Dean of Interprofessional and Community Partnerships at the UMass Chan Medical School, Tan Ching Fen Graduate School of Nursing. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Frank. Boy, I, I, I have true sympathy for Carolyn, 37, and she's already starting to experience menopausal symptoms. Um, can you talk a little bit about what are the typical changes that occur with menopause, when they start, and what they're like? Absolutely. First of all, we know every woman's experience before, during, and after menopause is truly a unique transition. And so let's talk about what is typical. And typical means that we usually think of the changing of menses, which could be a longer interval in between, less cycles per year, absence of menses, and increased or decreased in flow. In summary, the cycle changes were the signal of menopausal transition in age-appropriate women. Now, menopause changes, um, age is usually between 45 and 55 with the average age of 51. Depending on what guidelines you look at, it can be a little bit different, um, but that's the typical. Um. Okay, so that's typical. Menstrual changes and, and some other things. That seems like that happens at 45 to 55. Carolyn's 37. What do we know about women who begin to experience symptoms before age 45? And that's the paper that I looked at, Frank. I looked at you know, women under the age of 45, and how common is this? So you'll see in your resources the first study. Um, it was done on women ages 35 to 55. They responded to an online survey by Women Living Better uh, website. It was 82 questions, and um, women were reporting on their current menstrual patterns, recent changes, symptom frequency, anything that bo bothersome or interfered um, with their life, and then what they did is they used what's called a straw model framework, and that, what they have done is when we think of menopause and we think of perimenopause, they call anybody under the age of 45 almost like uh, it's a late reproductive stage, and what it has done is it's allowed researchers to kind of classify ages and stages when they do um, different research. So it's standardized. Um, and also for clinicians and for patients to be able to validate you know, what they're having happen. Um, the outcome was to clarify when women begin to experience symptoms and associate it with this transition. And what they found is many women experience bothersome symptoms before any menstrual changes happen. And that, um, the bothersome symptoms are really similar to the experience of women in the menstrual 
transition and older. So it could be anything from hot flashes and the whole nine yards, wow. Mm -hmm. So Carolyn's here and she's upset. How do we assess her and what, what options can we offer her? Yes, well, if you look at Caroline's you know, profile, she's mentioned a few things in her history. And because clinicians, we're such good listeners, right? We need to explore a little bit more. We gotta go a deeper dive into her history. Why is she losing it? She used that term, I'm, I feel like I'm losing it. Has something changed in her life since you last saw her? I mean, you saw her within the year. Are her kids okay, her family okay? Parents work, any other stress that would cause her to worry? And it also sounds like she's done some investigating of her symptoms, because she's related it to menopause, and she sounds like she's a little anxious over it, which I don't blame her. Why? I wanna know what she knows. What is she going to be telling me, and and what does she, you know, what does she, where does she want to go with this? Is there anything else that we can add to her own self-assessment, you know, going along the lines of symptoms? If this is, you know, late reproductive stage and a possible, you know, transition into perimenopause, and mostly, I want to reassure her. I want to validate that she's having these symptoms, and yeah, they could be related to many menopause. But you know, we gotta look at all the other things she's talked about and do some investigation. She could be going through an early transition in the late reproductive stage and remind her that changes can happen over a long transition period and assure her you are here to assist. Yep, well I think you make an exceptionally good point. Before we delve too deep in fixing her problem, we need to take look at her social history. How are things at home? How are things with her significant other, her kids? What's going on with her family's health? Um, what's going on in her environment, just to determine external stressors. And we need to validate the fact that this can happen. And I think most of us, um, I don't like the phrase uh, late reproductive. 37 is not that late anymore for reproduction. And, but we need to reassure her that, that she's not losing it, that this can happen. All right, so now we got to try to help her with some of her concerns, what, what kind of guidance around treatment can we offer? So a few things. Uh, she mentioned sleep disturbance, and I think that you know, for our regular podcast listeners and those of you that see patients with sleep problems, sleep is so important, right? Good sleep is important. So that's probably the first place I'm gonna go, because I wanna know what, what kind of, you know, tell me how your sleep's interrupted. You know, are you getting up to go to the bathroom? Are you having trouble falling asleep? Are you, know, are you taking anything for your sleep? And you know, is she having any hot flashes, night, night sweats, cold or hot, right? Um, and assess you know, a sleep pattern. We might be having her do a diary. Like we may not be so much prescribing treatment today, but we might need more information from Carolyn to help her. Um, the other thing is, uh, is, are there vasomotor symptoms? And we can do something about that. You know, of course, she's 37. She's young. And, <laughs> you know, she is. She's young. And, you know, does, is, does she want to have more children? Where is she at with that? Because if she is having vasomotor symptoms, we might put her on, you know, an oral contraceptive pill, a patch, um, anything that can help a ring. You know, all of those are acceptable. Um, if she's a, you know, a candidate for that. And is she having mood changes? We might be able to use SSRIs or SNRIs. Is she having headaches? We need to know timing, frequency, again, a diary. The other thing is that I think we talk about a lot in our podcast is lifestyle, you know, diet and exercise. So 
there is uh, many resources with this podcast, and one of them is uh, a plant-based diet study that you can look at, and also um, CAM, so, you know, integrative medicine. So talking to her about, you know, what is she doing for exercise? You know, there's yoga, there's tai chi, there's all kinds of things. So really what she's open to, and I know we're talking about a lot, and how would that fit in a 15-minute visit? But, you know... <laughs> You know, and maybe you're going to interact with her on the electronic health record, checking in um, to see how she's doing. But if she's got vaginal dryness, we can talk about over-the-counter um, preparations there are, or even possibly some um, hormonal creams for her. All right, so do a great job assessing where she is with things, maybe gather some more information about specific symptoms, and let her know that there are options for treatment, in, in particular... Uh, assessing and addressing sleep, maybe some hormonal hot flash changes, headaches, and, and other things. I also think the last point you brought up around sexual issues, you got to bring it to the table. She, even if it's not on her mind, it could be, and we, we should be open to hearing about that. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't say sexual issues, but really important to ask people about that. We, we, I mentioned vaginal dryness. What about libido? How do we, how do we handle that? First, I'd ask if they like their partner. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So There is nothing I can say that's not going to get me into trouble, I so I'm going to be quiet I here. Know. So, I mean, I'd first talk about what has their general, you know, sexual practices been, when did they notice a difference? You know, everybody's different. Uh, and so exploring that a little bit more to know about, you know, what is typical for them or if they have multiple partners, and well, then we'll talk about other things too, but, um, you know, for safety. And, you know, to just really explore what, what has changed and, you know, and then discuss that a little bit more. I mean, libido is important, but, you know, is there depression involved? So you might want to use some screening tools and, you know, do some comparisons when you see Caroline again or your patient again. And I think go from there. So we need more information. Um, well, so speaking on that, yes. and the very question that you and I had when we first started reviewing this study was what lab should we be getting on a 37-year-old woman who's having menopausal symptoms? Great question. Yep. So we did discuss this in our little practice session, and we thought possibly a TSH. We might want to check possibly, you know. Um, but we seem to run to the follicle-stimulating hormone, an FSH or an estradiol. It's really not going to tell us anything. Yeah. So it's going to be, if you really think there's a thyroid issue, you could do um, a TSH. But is there anything else anybody, you know, you, Alan, Jillian, Susan, would recommend for lab studies? No, I would just say if, you know, how are her periods and if she's having like increase in super heavy bleeding, then of course you want to screen her for anemia. Um, but otherwise I wouldn't do anything. Yep. Absolutely. I think this, this is very, very helpful. Jill, it, I did not realize I, should, I need to be more open to assessing for menopausal symptoms as early as late 30s. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Practice pointer. A woman's transition to and through menopause is a unique trajectory that's got various stages and symptoms. Assess patients' concerns and assure them there are symptomatic treatments. Join us next time when we talk about the two new oral agents available for the treatment of COVID-19. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. 
To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.